0: Anxiety, fear, and worry are common in this broken world. And this is nothing entirely new. Uh, it's been a reality since the fall back in the garden. Uh, but there is the reality that the world we are living in Uh, and the, the things that we've gone through is certainly, uh, a season where we're seeing higher percentages of people expressing, uh, feelings of fear and anxiety and worry on a more regular basis. This is something that I deal with personally. I am a worrier. I am an anxious person and I've had stretches in my adult life where my anxiety has been almost overwhelming to the point where I've realized the need to see a counselor the need to have someone come alongside of me from a Christian perspective and say here's a way to process the things that you're wrestling with the the fears that you have the anxieties." That may feel overwhelming. Often, Christians, we don't want to admit if we deal with this, if we struggle with fear or anxiety or worry. Part of that comes with realizing we know God's Word says that we shouldn't fear. God's Word actually on hundreds of occasions tells us not to worry, not to be afraid, not to be anxious. And so sometimes in our fallen hearts and minds or sometimes in someone else's, that may get distorted and twisted and we start to feel like there, a, a level of shame over anxiety and fear and worry. I think the fact that God has to tell His people hundreds of times throughout His Word should be a reminder to us that it is not uncommon. Now, certainly, there are individuals who may be more prone to anxiety in their lives, uh, but we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a terrifying world at times. And so it is common for us to be in circumstances where we are afraid. It is common for us to be in circumstances where we could be anxious about what is happening or worried about what might happen. And I think the reminder from God's Word over and over and over to His people It's helpful for us if we're struggling with thinking, is this something wrong with me? It's part of our broken world. And God's Word keeps reminding us, I'm with you. You don't have to be afraid. And the words in the text today are Jesus coming alongside of His disciples and reminding us. Yes, He's calling us out of fear and worry and anxiety. But he's giving us some really important truths to hold on to, to help us come out of fear and worry and anxiety. The sermon is titled, Jesus, the Savior who helps us combat our fears. Jesus, the Savior who helps us combat our fears. Turn with me to Luke 12. I'm going to read verses 22 to 34 and then pray for us. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or, what you, or, or about the body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than the birds? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to do even a little thing, why worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass which is in the field today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much more will He do for you? You of little faith, don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink, and don't be anxious, for the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things. And your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid little flock because your father delights to give you the kingdom sell your possessions and give to the poor make money bags for yourself that won't grow old and an inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys for where your treasure is there your heart will be also let's pray God, we thank you for your word. As we do each week, we confess it as true. I pray that we will be comforted by the truths that we see today. Thank you for your care for us, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as we work our way through this text, uh, what we'll see first is Jesus is teaching people uh, that helps us fight our fears. Uh, so his instruction in these verses is instruction to help us combat fears. But then also at the end, I want us to look at, uh, how Jesus has himself helped conquer our fears. Okay? So as we see, uh, he's lovingly coming alongside of us, not like, Hey, get your act together. Why are you still worried? Why are you still afraid? But here, He's coming alongside of His disciples and lovingly reminding us, this is who your God is. And so, as as you're worried, as you're afraid, remember who your God is. Okay. So the first truth about God is this. God cares for us. God cares for us, for you and for me. So remember, Jesus has just finished. If you were here last week, uh, Dr. Alan Small was here as a guest preacher while I was on vacation. Uh, Alan Small shared with us from uh, earlier in Luke 12, the parable of uh, the rich fool. And so Jesus has just used this teaching parable about this man who has said, I'm going to build up bigger and bigger storerooms. And God calls the individual out in the parable because the person was focused on the wrong things. They were setting their hearts on the things of the world and were not made right with God. And so Jesus has just finished this parable teaching that we need to be careful about greed and the focus on abundance and the focus on the wrong things in this world. And he turns to his disciples and gives them this instruction. So let's look back at verse 22 to 28. Then he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or about the body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn. Yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than the birds? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to do even a little thing, Why worry about the rest? Consider the wildflowers, how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass, which is in the field today and then thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, you of little faith? God cares for us. Jesus starts out this instruction about fighting fear, fighting worry, and he wants to remind the disciples, God actually cares for you. So in verse 22 to 23, uh, he tells them, don't worry about the basic things of this world. You don't have to be worried about where your food's going to come from or clothing. You don't have to be so focused on those things that you can't set your heart on what it is that God wants for you. There are more important things for a child of God to be consumed by. And to be consumed by worry takes us away from what God is wanting to do in us and through us. And on top of that, he says, God's going to take care of you, right? And he uses two examples from nature as, as kind of the proof to that. And so verse 24 to 26, he talks about the ravens. It's like, think about these birds. Now, for the Jews, a raven was an unclean animal because of its diet. And so he uses an unclean animal as his uh, first example. Think about the ravens. This unclean animal that doesn't do any work. And God takes care of it. God ensures that it has what it needs. Think about that. And then he asks the question, aren't you worth more than that? than an unclean animal. You are a, a child of the Most High God. So certainly, God is going to care for you more than He would the animals that He cares for. So we can stop worrying because we know God has proven just in creation that He will care for His creation. And so as People who are image bearers of God, people who were created in the image of God, children of God, the followers of Jesus, can be certain that God is going to take care of them. And then the next example from nature, he says, Look at the beauty of the wildflowers that grow in the field. And he references Solomon, now we're removed from royalty here in uh, America, but you know he references King Solomon, says, "Think about like Solomon in all his splendor and like the most like beautiful royal attire." And Solomon didn't hold anything to the wildflowers in the field. He didn't hold any beauty compared to that. We would probably in our society and in our culture uh, think of it in terms of like even a bride on her wedding day didn't hold the same beauty that God adorns the fields. And he said, think about that. That God uses the beauty of these flowers to provide clothing for the grass. And... The grass is something that will be consumed. The grass is something that will be burned up. It's it's not going to last. And so he uses that again to say, don't you think God is going to care more for you? Don't you know that he's going to do more for you? And so Jesus, using these examples from nature, is trying to remind his disciples, you don't have to worry Because God actually cares for you. He cares about you. God actually cares for us and that means we can trust God. That's truth we need to hold on to. When we are feeling fear rise, when we're feeling worry and anxiety rise inside of us, we hold on to the truth that God cares about me. God's going to take care of me, right? Now, Scripture's full of references to God's care for His children, uh, the way that He protects them, uh, all kinds of imagery, uh, imagery of like a mother bird covering her chicks, the imagery of a shield protecting His people. But I love the image that we see in Isaiah forty-one and verse thirteen. God speaking to his people, for I am the Lord your God who holds your right hand, who says to you, Don't do not fear, I will help you. I love the image of that. God holding our hands in circumstances where we're terrified. Think about as a young child, uh, some of you may have children that like when they are afraid, they, they come running to you, they want to be close to you, to feel safe. And here we see God saying, hey, I'm with you. I will be right beside you. I will hold your hand through everything that we're going through. Holding hands with a loved one, actually, scientifically, there's evidence that uh, it decreases the stress levels in your body. Uh, taking moments just to hold the hand of someone that you love can decrease uh, your blood pressure, can decrease your heart rate, lower the levels of cortisol in your brain. And here, God tells his people, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to be right with you. I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to be afraid, right? God cares for us. That's the first truth for us to hold on to. When we start to be worried and anxious about the circumstances we are in, God cares for us. He is with us. The second thing that we need to see is this. God knows our needs. God knows our needs. He actually knows our needs better than we do. He knows exactly what we need and when we need it. Let's look back at Luke 12, verse 29 and 30. Don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink. And don't be anxious. For the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Don't focus in on, don't pursue, don't set your heart on the things of this world. You don't have to make that your focus and your passion and your obsession. Why? First off, he says, that's how the rest of the world lives. The people who are the pagans, the people who are not children of God, that's where their hearts are set, is on the things of this world. He says the entire Gentile world chases after the things of this world. But you don't have to. You don't have to be worried about those things, chase after those things. And the reason he says that you don't have to is because our Heavenly Father knows what our needs are. God actually knows what we need. And because God knows our needs, uh, that's a comfort to us, right? So not only do we have a God that cares about us, actually cares for you, but He knows what you need. When Jesus was teaching on prayer before he gave the example of how to pray uh, in Matthew, the account in Matthew, we see this. Matthew 6, 7 and 8. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things that you need before you ask Him. We don't have to wonder, like is prayer one of those things where if I, if I say the right things or if I say the right amount of things, maybe God will answer. He says, before you ask, God knows exactly what His children need. We don't have to wonder, like does God know? He knows what we're walking through. He knows the circumstances that we're in that may be leading us to worry and fear. God knows what we need before we ask. There's not a need of ours and there's not a circumstance that we're in that God's not aware of and that should comfort us, right? There's not one thing that may terrify me that God's not up there when I pray about it thinking, oh wait, how did that slip by? I didn't know that. Right. God knows he's fully aware of everything. He isn't surprised by anything. How do we know we're going to have enough? How do we know that our needs are going to be met? We know because God already knows our needs. And that's a tremendous comfort to us and Jesus' comforting reminders just continue to go on in this on this passage. You just kind of build on each other. First, hey, God cares about you. Second, God knows what you need. And now, lastly, we see this. God delights in meeting our greatest needs. God delights in meeting our greatest needs. He actually takes joy in it. It brings him pleasure to care for his children. Luke twelve thirty one to 34 But seek his kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your Father delights to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourselves in heaven. I'm sorry, make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old an inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So instead of setting your heart and your mind, your passions on the things of this world, instead of being anxious about the things of this world, set your heart on the things of heaven. Set your heart on the kingdom of God. Pursue God's kingdom in your life. God's rule in your life. And God's rule in this world. And God's going to meet our needs. He's going to take care of us because He actually takes joy in taking care of us. Right In verse 32, He picks up the imagery of a loving shepherd and says... Don't be afraid, little flock. Don't be afraid. Which the idea of us being sheep is possibly fitting more than any in this situation because sheep are prone to fear. They scare and scatter easily. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, little flock, because God delights in giving you the greatest need that you have. He delights in giving you the kingdom. He delights to, to bring you in and take care of you and meet all the greatest needs. And that, that's proof that He's going to take care of the rest of the needs too. And so in verse 33 to 34, we see a, a couple of verses on how, to, how we can live in light of that we can live in light of that by becoming a generous people. Uh we don't have to to set our our sights on the things of this world. We don't have to be worried or consumed about the things of this world. Remember the the parable of the rich fool was the the man saying, "Well, I I want to I'm going to build up greater storehouses. I'm going to make sure I have plenty. I'm going to make sure that I have enough." And Jesus says, you don't have to be worried about having enough. Just set your heart on God. Set your heart on God's kingdom in your life. And God's going to give you everything that you need. And so if we're not obsessed with the things of this world, what that means is we can now hold them loosely, the blessings that God has given us. And we can use them to care for people that are in need. We can say you can have this because I know that God's going to take care of me. I don't have to be worried about it. That's why we offer things like the building better kids food collection or why we've offered for service opportunities to come alongside the Love in Action Homeless Ministry is not just to do good things. Yes, we want to do good things, but it's also an opportunity for us to declare our trust in God. I don't have to chase after the things of this world. I can go without. So that someone in need has their needs met. So that someone in need can experience a, uh, an expression of God's love and care. Because I know that God's going to take care of me. To do so shows that we're trusting in God. Shows that we're saying, God, I know that you're going to give what I need. So I'm not going to worry about it. I can be a generous person. I can let go of the things that I have so that you can use them for your glory. But to do that, we have to trust that God actually delights in giving us what we need. Look at Psalm 139. I'm sorry, Psalm 149. Psalm 149, verse 4. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. He adorns the humble with salvation. The God of creation takes pleasure in His people. The God who is sovereign and over all actually takes joy in you, church. He finds pleasure in you and He finds pleasure in caring for you and making sure that you as His child have exactly what you need. What a comfort to the church that God delights in us that He finds joy in actually caring for us. He doesn't roll His eyes when we come with another need. It brings Him joy to take care of us. The Father delights in it. So we've seen that God cares for us. We've seen that God knows our needs and that God delights in meeting our greatest needs. A question for us oftentimes is how can I know for sure? How do I know for sure? Especially if you're walking through a terrifying situation, especially when your anxiety is running high, especially when you're worried about what's going to happen in the days to come because it just feels dark. When we're walking through seasons like that, sometimes it doesn't feel like God cares for us. Sometimes it might not feel like God actually knows what we need or that He cares about meeting our needs. How do we know? We start to doubt. We start to wonder. Or we could be tempted to, at least. And the answer is this. Jesus is the ultimate proof that it's all true. Jesus is the ultimate proof that it's all true. So not only does Christ step into this broken world, God coming near us, God fixing the brokenness, not only does Christ step in and say you don't have to be afraid, but then Christ conquered the things that we should be most terrified of in this world. God sent His Son to rescue us, to redeem us, to set us free. Free from sin. Free from worry. Free from fear about what's to come. Christ came to bring us back into a relationship with God and He died for us. Died for our sins. And He rose from the dead on the third day. Conquering sin, death, and Satan. Our great enemies. We have been brought into the kingdom of God if we've trusted Jesus. We are children of God. Sons and daughters. We have been forgiven Christ is proof that all of this is true, that, that God truly does care about us. And He delights in taking care of us. Look at what Romans says. Romans 8, 31 and 32, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 37 and 39. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare His own Son, but offered Him up for us all. How will He not also with Him grant us everything? And now verse 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How do we know it's true? Because Christ came. God gave His Son for us to rescue us. And if God gave us His own Son, Paul says, can't we be certain that He's going to take care of everything else? We were enemies of God. We were standing condemned before a holy God. And God loved us enough to send Jesus for us. So we have the proof. And it's true, we can combat fear and anxiety and worry when it comes up in our lives and when it comes up because of this broken world. Because there's nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God that's found in Jesus Christ. Now if you have not Trusted in Christ, if you have not believed in Jesus and received the forgiveness that's found in Him, know that He is the only hope that any of us have. But glad- God gladly gave him for us to rescue us so that we could be forgiven. And so if you want to know more about putting your faith in Christ, if you want to have uh, some conversations about uh, what it means to believe in Jesus, if you want to know more about what he did by dying for your sins, I would love to have some conversations with you about that. You can schedule a time to talk with me. Church, what a loving, caring, faithful God we have. Amen? Let's trust him. Let's rest in his care this week. And let's set our hearts on God's kingdom. Let's set our hearts on his rule in our lives so that we can be used for his glory. He's worthy of it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good and faithful. to a sometimes faithless people. Thank You for Your care for us. Thank You for the promise that You know every need we have. And the reminder that You take joy in meeting our needs. Help us Hold on to that truth as we face the, the brokenness of our lives, the the heartaches of this world. Help us hold on to the truths that you really do care for us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.